0: Welcome to the Five One One, a podcast about roadside assistance presented by Agero. I'm Robert Bacon. Electric vehicles are the future of the automotive industry, and over the last decade, the landscape has exploded. More players, more vehicles, and new technologies. More than forty EV models are on the road today, with many more in development, and the EV market share has grown dramatically.
1: The electric car is for real, isn't it? What we're seeing today is obviously a transition. There's a societal pressure and there's a regulatory pressure to move away from the combustion engine. It's two very important factors. But the third factor, which obviously increases the rate of adoption, is the economics and the performance of the alternative. And if the incumbent is being displaced by a better alternative that's appreciated by society and required from a regulatory point of view, then there are some very serious forces that will result in gain in market share.
0: However, the barrier that continues to stand in the way is range anxiety. More than 58% of electric vehicle drivers are worried about running out of charge, and 65% express range anxiety. Addressing this gap is critical to the broad adoption of electric vehicles. One company working to solve this is SparkCharge. SparkCharge is developing portable, ultra-fast charging systems for electric vehicles, and recently were featured on the hit show Shark Tank.
1: Our portable units can charge an electric vehicle anytime and anywhere, making any
2: location a charging station. And of course, the most important factor, speed. We can charge an electric vehicle at a rate of one mile every 60 seconds. So Sharks, help us create a more sustainable mobile EV charging infrastructure.
0: The Adro team has been partnering with Spark Charge for nearly two years to bring this solution to roadside, including a recent pilot deployment in markets with high electronic vehicle density. Joining us today to discuss range anxiety, roadside, and the future of electronic vehicles are the Spark Charge CEO.
2: Hello, my name is Josh Habib, founder and CEO of Spark Charge. The CTO. I'm Christopher Ellis, co-founder and CTO
3: of Spark Charge.
2: And Ajero's
0: director of strategy. I'm
3: Alejandro Alvarado, I'm the director of
2: strategy for Ajero.
0: Thank you guys so much for joining us. For those who are less familiar with Spark Charge, can you share a bit about your company and the product?
2: Yeah, so at Spark Charge, we make portable charging stations that allow electric vehicle owners to have their car charged anytime and anywhere they want. Um, we also just unveiled the Boost EV platform that really puts the power of that charging station into the hands of every electric vehicle owner. Now with Boost EV, electric vehicle owners can have range delivered to them anytime and anywhere they want by requesting service from any service that they want.
0: So a spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it, but congratulations on your deal with the Sharks. Do we have a deal? We got a deal. We have a
2: deal.
0: Yeah. Us up. Woo! Us up. Really happy it worked out for you guys. Was there anything that prompted you to want to go on the show?
2: We really thought of the opportunity of going on Shark Tank as a way to help us grow our business. Um, we really saw that, you know, the Sharks brought in expertise that could help us scale, help us move faster. And we thought, you know, why not do that? And I mean the great part is, is that. When we have a partner like Jero, right, makes you know our job a lot easier.
0: And overall, the whole thing looked like a really fun experience. It was really great to watch the sharks engage with your idea and support you guys. Were you guys surprised to get both Lori and Mark Cuban?
2: <laughs> I'd say it was it was definitely a fun process. So I think you go in there, you know, expecting to get one shark. Um, every shark, though, you know, adds some value. Going into Shark Tank, we were strategizing and planning around
1: maybe one shark. Ah, uh, once the conversation got started and everything was rolling, it was not a surprise by the end that we we walked away too short.
2: I think we're super excited to be, you know really you know get in the trenches and start you know really growing the business and scaling the business in a meaningful way. Um, I think they bring a lot to the table and, you know, we really can't wait.
0: There's obviously a lot of editing uh, from your segment to go from an hour or so, however long you were in there, down to three minutes. Is there anything that you guys saw in the final cut that surprised you?
1: Not necessarily, other than, you know, the zoom in on my face. That was pretty, uh, (laughs) that's become a meme around the office at this point. But as far as the terms of what was shown, the questions that were being asked, Um, They were pretty consistent with the themes of questions. It's a long
2: conversation that gets edited down, right? I think we talked a lot about our partners. I wish they had kind of kept that in. Uh, The
1: technology came up a lot,
2: but in the final edit, none of the technology questions were played.
1: So... That was a bit of a surprise and
0: kind of disappointing. Can you tell us a little bit about that technology? People have been trying to solve this for years. In fact, I found out that Ajero had a fleet of mobile EV chargers that could be mounted to trucks or trailers back in 2011, but they were slow charging and they're really bulky and it didn't end up as a viable long-term solution. How did you guys get the roadie to be so portable yet still powerful?
1: That uh, that came in tackling you know three key areas of technology that we had to develop. All that stemmed from you know my background uh, prior to joining Spark Charge. I worked on power systems for Cube satellites, um, so those are really tiny satellites that are about the size of a cereal box. Um, so I had to figure out how to take some a system that's normally the size of a house and shrink the power systems down to something that could fit into a, a cereal box. Knowledge I gained working on my, on my former research, we were able to apply that same technology to higher power devices, uh, such as EV charging stations. We had to really kind of take all the basic principles of power electronics and make every single thing smaller and then make it all work together in the end.
0: What kind of feedback have you received from customers and providers about this? The
2: customer feedback that we've received so far has been pretty good. I think providers are pretty amazed at, you know, the service offerings that they're now able to offer and they're now able to service electric vehicles. Our initial
1: pilot units, we wanted everything to be digital Mm -hmm. uh, to where you would connect through it with a phone or tablet or a web service. And from working with our customers, working with the providers, We found out that having just the basic amount of display and information readily available to the drivers changes how they interact and perceive the unit.
2: This unit provides you with a new way to service clients that typically you haven't been able to in the past, right? So you're opening up new streams of revenue, new streams of service, and that's something that's really exciting.
0: Um, and this one's for Alejandro, thank you for joining us as well. Sure,
2: uh, it's nice to be on the uh, on the podcast. What challenges
0: do electric vehicles present for roadside support? So so really
3: we're seeing differences in ownership across the entire vehicle life cycle. Everything from kind of that vehicle purchase period and researching and learning and preparing to get a, an electric vehicle, uh, figuring out how to install a, A home charger if one's needed if you're living in an apartment building figuring out if there's an energy source there Um, even operating the vehicle on a day-to-day basis there's so many more buttons and screens and digital interfaces within an electric vehicle that can be confusing to someone who's more familiar with a with an ice powered vehicle. And then obviously the, the charging aspect, knowing when to charge, how to charge first time buyers, as well as repeat buyers. Um, it's not as easy as, you know, pulling off an exit and going to a gas station. Uh, EV charging stations are uh, albeit there, the number of them are growing and there's a pretty strong number of stations out there in the country today. Uh, it's again, still uh, requires some foresight and some thought in, in planning out trips and planning out when you're going to be charged.
0: Yeah, that's true. It does take a couple extra steps. Another question, this one is for you again, Alejandro, and Josh, if you wanna jump in. We kind of brought it up. Can you go into a little bit more detail about the pilot program that Spark Charge had with Agero? Um,
3: so so really the, the, the problems that we're trying to solve the questions that we were trying to solve uh, with the pilot are almost threefold. The first is, do consumers see an added value to having a charge on the side of the road uh, when they run out of charge? Um, so historically in the in the roadside assistance industry, The classic solution for that is to to pick up and tow that vehicle. And until recently, there really hasn't been a great solution for mobile charging. We did acquire a fleet of mobile chargers back in 2011, uh, basically generators on the back of trailer hitches. And uh, and the biggest kind of pain point that we saw from that experience in in trying to deliver that service was the speed of charge. Um, really wasn't there uh, we'd get to the scene and it would take about 15 to 20 minutes just to give a customer five miles worth of charge, um, just enough to get to the next uh, charging station. And so really that didn't follow our ethos of really trying to promote new technology that that improves the customer experience. And so we, we partnered with Spark Charge to, to kind of go about and trying to tackle that problem there. you know, One of their biggest uh, value propositions is the speed of charging that they're able to uh, delivered to customers on the side of the road. And so um, we wanted to revisit kind of that hypothesis around mobile charging and whether it was a better solution than towing. And what we found in the pilot was you know every single customer that 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 we've delivered charge to uh, opted into having a mobile charge over a tow, um, even so much so that they were willing to wait 10, 15, even 30 minutes longer for a mobile charge. Uh, versus having to get towed. So that really kind of spoke to us around the value of, of this type of service and, and partnering with a company like Spark Church, who was able to to solve for some of those historic pain points in, in solution delivery.
2: Yeah, I think you know it was a great pilot. I think you know the, the cool part about it is that if you're in San Francisco or LA, you can still get that charge delivered to you. We still want EV owners to really experience this. And then some of the things out of that pilot was demand, right? Like how do we get more demand? How do we get more awareness? And that's one of the things that we're looking into tackling now.
3: We're really trying to target metros where we're going to see the most usage from these chargers. And and the reason because of that is is because of the investment that has to be made. I think Spark Charge made a a brilliant decision in pivoting away from a lump, uh, some payment for these chargers to more of a monthly payment, uh, leasing of the equipment. It fits a lot better with the business model of the service providers and the network. Um, And it makes it a little bit attractive for them to test and learn and see if there's actually demand out there. Um, There's less risk for them and they're really able to kind of go out into the market and use the equipment in real world scenarios, which is really where kind of the the rubber meets the road in understanding um,
2: could this be a sustainable business or service that I can offer clients. We want to get into as many matches as possible that have a high concentration of electric vehicles. Um, you know, one of the things that we're looking at now is what other instances are there where electric vehicle owners need range, right? You know, it's roadside, scheduled, on demand. Is there an opportunity to work with apartment complexes, condos, high rises that don't want to, you know, spend the money to um, install, you know, a ton of infrastructure for, their, for electric vehicles, right? You know, is there a way to do this that's more cost effective um, and offers a better service to EV owners? And I think that's one of the really exciting parts. As we kind of look to grow you know, with Fajero, um, I think that's one of the really amazing things that we can look at. Yeah,
0: I know that's something that we're really excited about. Speaking about what's coming up and what's next, what is the next step with these chargers? What are we looking at? Our next changes in
1: the technology are, one is expanding our charging compatibilities uh, that would allow us to expand and, and cover every electric vehicle with a DC fast charger on the road in the United States and abroad. Um, as well as increasing the speed um, and increasing the efficiency of the battery packs.
0: This is for everybody. Can you share with us your vision for electronic vehicles over the next 5 to 10 years? We
2: really foresee that electric vehicles are going to be the future. We think that, you know, over the next 5 to 10 years, they'll be the predominant vehicle sold. Um, We think that more OEMs are going to be releasing electric vehicles, especially next year. Um, I think next year is really going to be the tipping point for the EV industry as a whole. Um, When it comes to, you know, what we're thinking in terms of charging, you know, we think that charging is going to go the way, the same way that food delivery went, the same way that grocery shopping went, the same way that getting to work went. Your grocery store now lives on your phone with Instacart, right? Your delivery guy now lives on your phone with Grubhub, right? Your chauffeur now lives on your phone with Uber and Lyft. Right. We believe that your charging station can now live on your phone, too, with boost TV and spark charge. So the great part is, is that when we have a partner like a right, you know, that makes that network that much more comparable. We're super excited to you know, kind of see the industry go that way. We think it's inevitable that, you know, that is the way it'll go. The convenience, the speed, um, all of that is just going to get better and better and better. Um, and as more EVs hit the road, they'll be able to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, and I think you guys are doing a great job at being at the forefront of this. That is all the time that I have with you guys. I have to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on, Josh and Chris from Spark Charge and Alejandro from Ajero. To find out more about Spark Charge, visit their website at sparkcharge.io. Thanks for listening to the 511.